Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White, and it's the 21st day of May. We are in the Gospel of Mark. We are in that moment where Jesus tells the disciples that if, their hand, if your hand causes you to sin, this is Mark 9, 43, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into fire maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Now, that's not the end of the sentence, verse 44, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. This is a fair, uh, a, an allegory, a statement that gets repeated. He changes it from hand to foot and then gives word for word, 45, 46. Then he changes it to eye, your eyeball, and then nearly word for word in verses 47, 48. So really, you're dealing with the same type of story in 42, to 44, 45, 46, 47, 48. Just this little trilogy of statements that Jesus makes about offense. Remember, the little ones. If you cause the little ones, and who are the little ones? Well, not, not just kids, uh, but the lowest, the marginalized, the outsider, the guy that was casting out devils in Jesus' name, but they forbade him. So people that we put outside of our group, because if you offend them and you make them to stumble or to sin, It'd be better for you if a millstone put around your neck, you were thrown into the sea. This is not God saying, I'm putting a millstone around your neck and thrown into the sea. This is how important it is that you pay attention to those that it's hard to pay attention to. It would be better for you to be partial and living. In other words, remove the offense and be alive than to die, than to suffer with all of your faculties. Okay, so what's Jesus talking about? I want to do something for the next several days that's lit- that is literally going to take us several days to do that we've done very, very little of on the DDP. And that is look at the phrase hell from verse 43, where Jesus says, Rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Okay, so this is not going to be a master class on this topic, but it is going to be a deeper examination than we've taken with you before. And over the next few days, we're going to unfold, unpack, however you want to say it, peel back this idea of hell through the language of the, the, the New Testament, particularly the New Testament. Um, I say particularly because, actually, if we want to be honest, we have mis- or over-translated. That'd be the way to say it. We've either mistranslated or we've over-translated at least three major terms in the Old and New Testament and four, if you count one other token translation, the words Sheol, Hades, Gehenna, and Tartarus. These um, are almost always translated as the English word hell. Sheol, Hades, Gehenna, Tartarus. And they all actually share one thing in common, however you translate them, and that is a sort of a potential terminus, a potential end point. They declare some form. Notice I say some form. They declare some form of definite end, either the end of the life as you know it, or the end of the rebellion that you have, or the end of eternity, whatever that looks like. Um, 
So however you land on what these words should be translated, what you can't deny is that they carry weight in the Bible. So starting with Sheol and Hades. Sheol, and by the way, neither of those two words are here in Mark 9. I'll get to that in a moment, and we're going to slowly get to these things over the next few days. The word Sheol is Hebrew. The word Hades is Greek, and we I'll start with those because they really are the most frequently used words that are commonly translated as hell, and they're the first terms that translators moved to transliterate. They, they put place names like the grave, and they were really just substituting the word Sheol or Hades, and so when you see the word grave, you're almost always seeing Sheol or Hades. Why do I use both? Because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So when they talked about the grave, they talked about Sheol. It was translated into Greek in what we call the Septuagint. And the Greek would use the word Hades in that spot. Uh, I think that when most of us were raised in a sort of a KJV, King James Version tradition, and it was a little too quick to always call Sheol and Hades hell. Um, it was also too quick to reduce the word to the grave, because that sort of gives, oh, well, they're dead. But however you translate them, they were loaded when they were used. They were loaded in sort of interfaith mythology, a lot of Assyrian mythology, a lot of Babylonian mythology. Hades is loaded with Greek mythology. And the writers of the Bible were using these words, Sheol and Hades, to cover a lot of states. They were covering intermediary states between... Uh, death and the final judgment. They were using them to refer to the grave that everybody goes to, whether it's the righteous or the the wicked in Psalm 16. Um, Psalm 16, they also used it as a place that faithful people could be rescued from. Sometimes, like Isaiah 7 and Ezekiel 31, uh, Sheol and Hades are under the earth. In Job 26, it's under the mountains. In Jonah 2, it's underwater. In Amos 9, it's far from heaven. Then there's descriptions of Sheol and Hades. Uh, Job calls it gloomy. Psalms calls it a place of sorrow and a place for the wicked. Proverbs calls it parallel to destruction. Uh, And then we get it's used in the New Testament as a place of torment. Ezekiel even has it an abyss. Or a prison. So however it falls, it falls a lot of different ways. There's a st- almost what one writer called a stunning array of ideas about the state of the dead within the Jewish worldview alone. And that then leads to what we talked about on Holy Saturday, Christ's descent, his descent into Hades, something Paul seems to talk about in Ephesians 4, something Peter seems to talk about in 1 Peter chapter 3, and something that definitely the early church fathers from Cyril to Gregory of Nyssa to Augustine to Aquinas all taught that Jesus goes in and does something in Sheol or Hades to clean out that place. Um, As late as the 3rd century, it was being preached that Jesus had rescued from the lowest hell Adam and Eve, the first formed man of the earth. So, whatever, however we land on Sheol and Hades, um, here's, here's, here's our landing spot for today, for this one. We're all going to die. 
Death still holds sway in this world. But because Jesus has resurrected, he has overcome death's power over us. He has put to, to death the fear that is associated with death for those who put faith in Christ. We do know that the the shroud of death and the sting of death will ultimately come to an end and we hold that fact in the fact that we believe in the resurrection. So whatever Sheol in Hades has meant to enter faith beliefs across time, for us it's been conquered in Christ. Tomorrow I want to move on to another one, the other usage, that Tartarus, and uh, we'll jump into this a little deeper tomorrow. See you then. God bless.